You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. Hip-hop has arguably been the most influential music genre of our generation. And beatboxing has played a critical role. It's a musical art form that's allowed people to create and express themselves anywhere. In a party, on the street, at school. Beatboxing is free. And without it, we might not have some of the music we have today. The beatboxer you just heard is Baba Israel. I'm a hip-hop artist, I'm a beatboxer, an MC, spoken word artist, I'm a theater maker, educator, I do a lot of different stuff. Baba grew up in New York City in the 80s, during the rise of hip-hop. I have a very, very clear memory of listening to the radio. I remember Dougie Fresh, his song, The Show, came on. It was the first time I'd heard recorded beatboxing. It just blew me away. I was so fascinated by it. It just had this different quality. It was so live and percussive, and it really made an impression on me. And then soon after that, I started to encounter beatboxing in my school, in my elementary school. And there was a kid in my class who claimed to be Dougie Fresh's cousin. This was never confirmed, but he could do the clicks like Dougie Fresh. So I hung out with him, and he started to teach me a little bit about beatboxing. Beatboxing in the way we think about it didn't really appear out of nowhere. It was really a mimicking of a famous drum machine. With the development of the TR-808 and the 909 and these drum machines, which the slang term at that time was beatbox. The Roland TR-808 rhythm composer came out in 1980, and it's become incredibly iconic. So, you know, in that song where they say, flashes on the beatbox... He's not actually talking about beatboxing, he's talking about the drum machine. That kind of shifted things. It allowed people to produce and create their own music without a full recording studio or without a full band. The original 808 was discontinued in 1983, but revolutionized the sound of hip-hop. I think in hip-hop, it became center stage. It really was about beats and rhymes. There wasn't the same emphasis on melody as hip-hop began to progress. The beat was the driving force. The 808 had like a lot of tone to it, particularly the bass drum, which is endured today. For example, here's Africa Bambata's song, Planet Rock. You hear so much bass. Let's focus on chords or on melodic lines. It was about creating a foundation for a rapper to tell their story or brag or give a breakdown of what's going on in the neighborhood, you know, in the Bronx or wherever it might be. The 808 drum machine became a huge influence on the sound of hip-hop. And this led to people trying to recreate the rhythms and sound of the machine with their voices. I always think that's one of the fascinating things about beatboxing is it's one of the first times that drum machines were imitating drums and then human beings were imitating machines, imitating drums. How can I make myself sound like a machine? How can I become a beatbox? And that's how evolved the term human beatboxing, which was the original term. But why bother imitating a machine? 
a drum machine in theory should always stay in exact tempo. Baba says while drum machines were great, they also had limitations. Well, I think the thing about hip-hop is that it's a culture that doesn't just exist in, like, studios and nightclubs. It's a street culture. It's a public culture. Like, a lot of my early experience with beatboxing was not doing shows. It was in ciphers. A cipher is usually a circle or an informal gathering of beatboxers, rappers, dancers, and other various artists. It allows people to freestyle and express themselves artistically in some form. After the show finished, 10, 15 people would gather up in a circle outside of the club and a cypher would jump off. The drum machines didn't have portable speakers. You didn't necessarily always have access to electricity. Part of, I think, why beatboxing was important was that it allowed hip-hop to manifest outside of space that required technology, electronics. It allowed that sort of street culture to come to life. Sure, there was also an economic element. So I think there is something that's very universal and accessible about beatboxing. There's no economic barrier to it. Even professional artists who could afford the technology and a recording studio still found value in beatboxing. It's always like a plan B. I've been in so many situations where something goes wrong with the DJ equipment. There was a show many, many, many years ago where Africa Bambata was DJing. Say, what's the name of this nation? Zulu. Zulu. And all of a sudden his turntable stopped working. I knew some of the folks who were promoting the night and said, look, I'll jump up there. I bought them time. I did a beatbox set. And kept the energy going, and then the DJ set kicked in again. So I think there's a lot of stories of beatboxers kind of saving the day because stuff happens. Turntables go wrong, computers crash, and beatboxing is kind of always there. As the art form grew, beatboxing became more than just a backup or a replacement for drum machines. It became a performance art in its own right. Baba points to beatboxing pioneers like Bismarck Key. Or the Fat Boys. Beatboxing was like this specialized flavor. It, it made a record stand out. It made your live show more interesting. Razel from The Roots was another huge innovator for beatboxing. He was one of the first beatboxers that I saw really interact with a live band when he started doing shows with The Roots, and they developed all kinds of great routines together. Because I'm known for the... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing the incredible... When I saw him, I realized that things had moved to a new level because his drums sounded different. They didn't just sound like a drum machine. They sounded like a live drum kit. He sounded like a funk drummer. He was making bass lines, adding bass lines to the beats. He was adding melodies. He was adding vocal scratches. He was adding sound effects. He was combining popping, movement, and beatbox and, and turning into a robot voice. He was like a total entertainer. You know what I'm saying, baby, dog? Off the top. Not from the bottom, not from the middle. That's how we do it. Check it out. <laughs> the influence of artists like Razelle has evolved beatboxing and allowed it to thrive to this day. We're now living in a time where it's even expanded way beyond hip-hop. One of the biggest forms for beatboxing is overseas. Probably the largest battle in the world takes place in Berlin. It's called the Beatbox World Championship, and it takes place every three years. Here's French beatboxer Alexino, who won the male competition. 
Alexino's style of beatboxing is a great example of how the art form has branched out into other genres. Because of the way electronic music manifests in Europe and UK, beatboxers started moving out of the traditional hip-hop realm and started moving into creating German bass and dubstep and techno. Now, a lot of the beatboxers in Europe sound very different. Some of them have a connection to like a hip-hop sound, but a lot of them sound more in the electronic dance music realm. So, you know, it continues to evolve. Baba has even combined beatboxing with the didgeridoo. I lived in Australia for a while. My mother's from there. And so it's an instrument that I learned about there. And I don't have my favorite didge here, but I got one here. So I'm going to mess around a little bit and give you a little didge uh, beatbox. So here we go. For Baba, those who try to strictly define beatboxing as one thing or another are missing the point. While it's important to know its roots, he says he's consistently amazed not just by how universal beatboxing can be, but how people can react to it in various parts of the world. One time I beatboxed in a village in Cambodia for 5,000 villagers. The whole village showed up. I started beatboxing and people just were flipping out because they, they had never seen it. There was such a response and such energy. As a rapper, I think it would have been hard for me to spit a rhyme that would have gotten that response. I've definitely found that it's a way that I can communicate just immediately and with immediacy and have an impact, whether people understand my words or not. This ability for beatboxing to cut across language barriers is something Baba encounters all the time. When I taught my workshop, I was asking who's multilingual because I was working in Queens, which has so many different languages, and everyone was pretty much multilingual in the class. I said, well, I, you know, I speak English, and, but I don't really speak any other languages except I speak this one other language. It's the language of beatbox. And then I started going, and I started like having a conversation with a couple of students, and they just started spontaneously responding to me with rhythm, and we had these rhythm conversations. Call and response, improvisation, the oral tradition. Rhythm is a form of communication. For me, that's what excites me about beatboxing. It's not just the solo performer having the perfect sound, but it's like, can you interact? Baba might be onto something when he says beatboxing is a new language. What does it share with other languages from around the world? And how does it differ? Is this a brand new form of communication? More on that after the break. For me, the hardest part of hiring is narrowing down the search. And that's where Indeed can help. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. That makes it the world's largest platform for finding skilled staff. In fact, during the time it'll take me to read this ad, 23 people will have been hired on Indeed. 
Whenever we list a job, we get a lot of applications. So many of them are from brilliant and talented people. But it can be really hard to have those applications rise to the top. With Indeed's smart matching engine, that process becomes a lot easier. And over time, the matching engine learns your preferences. The more you use it, the more efficient it becomes. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers said that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Beatboxing has been a fundamental part of the hip-hop culture since the 80s, and since then has also expanded to other genres. It's become an art form that can stand all on its own. It's evolved so much that some have even begun studying it as if it were its own language. Usually, most song forms are in some language, right? You have Italian opera... Bollywood music in Hindi. And so on. But beatboxing has this its own language of percussive sounds that they've evolved and developed. That's Sri Narayanan. He's an engineering professor at the University of Southern California. He works on a project called SPAN. SPAN stands for Speech Production and Articulation Knowledge Group. It focuses on questions of speech, like why do we talk the way we do? Or how does speech connect to what's happening in the brain? And what happens when something goes wrong? One of the research groups is focused on understanding human vocal production, how we produce speech, other sounds like nonverbal sounds like laughter and cries, but also how we use this vocal instrument to modulate and convey emotions, produce song, etc. So that's what this group is about, and, and it's one of the I'm very proud to say in the leading groups in the world that does this study of the human vocal instrument with a very interdisciplinary angle. As part of his research, Sri started using an MRI machine to see what's happening when people are singing. But Sri and his colleagues made an important modification to this particular machine. What we have done is like added audio recording capabilities there. If listeners are not familiar with MR scanners, they are very noisy. For those who don't know, this is what an MRI machine sounds like. So if you want to study sounds, how do you do that? So we have developed engineering methodologies to use optical microphones and new ways of audio processing to clean up this data so that we could actually listen to what people are saying and singing and so on. Originally, Sri hadn't even considered studying beatboxing. He wasn't even aware what a beatboxer was until he was in college. My personal music inclinations and tendencies were more into the classical, particularly of the Indian kind, which had a lot of these kinds of common features. But not the... 80s beatboxing tradition that was happening here. 
A variety of singers were studied using the MRI, but a beatboxer ended up being of particular interest to Shri and his team. We looked at it and we were blown away by the amazing choreography and the intricate coordination of these various vocal organs that were in play in creating these sounds which are sort of novel. One of the topics Shri and his team were studying was to see if beatboxing shared any commonalities with other languages around the world. So Shri and his team began recording beatboxers doing their various beats and clicks in the MRI. And what they found amazed them. Beatboxers were doing things not seen anywhere else. We are finding things that they are producing that are not in any recorded world language. We've seen some click rolls and, you know, tongue doing some amazing gyrations and circus, actually. You know, I didn't even know that was possible, that people have somehow been able to acquire and consistently produce. Shri and his team have carefully cataloged over 30 unique sounds with names like closed tongue bass, a lip bass, and an inward click roll. The inward click roll is like the tongue looks like the trunk of an elephant that is curling it backwards. You're rolling your tongue backward and it just seems amazing. I don't know how people do it. While innovative, these sounds aren't completely alien. Shri notes some African languages and some from Southeast Asia have percussive elements to them. I speak a language called Tamil, which is a Dravidian language. We have a lot of retroflex sounds, meaning turning your tongue to back and making sounds like ur or ur. And that's pretty complex. But when I look at these, these completely beat all those, blow it out of the water the way the beatboxer is doing. As an example, Shri points to a variation on the inward click roll, one that adds a whistle. And that's amazing, actually. Because you have to not only do the shaping of this tongue and so on, but we also have to create the appropriate aerodynamics to create this whistling sound, right? The narrow opening through which you push air with a certain velocity. Beatboxers continue to create increasingly complex sounds. This evolution is helping Shri and his team to unlock some of the fundamental mysteries of how we communicate. So to me, beatboxing is a newly acquired art form. Tries to sort of emulate or be inspired by sounds, percussive sounds particularly in the world. And people are trying to imitate and produce this. The ability to be able to translate that into action may shed light on some novel things that may not be already present in what we have developed and evolved to producing sort of you know, other sounds like the ones that are found in world's languages or other sounds that we produce for communicating other things like crying or sighing and so on. And since you know, beatboxing has a structured form to it that's evolved, right? It provides us a very nice framing and potentially can give us insights into not just the physical use of this instrument, but also sort of, you know, the underlying aspects of how we are putting this together in the brain and creating this communication ability. 
Shree says beatboxing may actually have therapeutic uses for correcting speech disorders or helping someone recover after a brain injury. Using beatboxing itself as a therapeutic means, that's actually exciting, you know. By exercising, the ability to speak well improves and Parkinson's patients. What it underscores is that they say a lot of the various movement systems that we have as humans, right? Like, you know, movement of our limbs to, for mobility, movement of these tongue and other things to speak. They all have some underlying interconnections and while training one can impact the others. In a broader sense, because beatboxing is so unique, it's given researchers a new window into who we are as a species. When I see the ability of humans to do and adapt and innovate and improvise, that continues to fascinate me from day one. What is also humbling is that still our knowledge gaps in knowing about many of these underlying set of scientific principles and how to generalize this. So many open questions and that also continues to fascinate me. Can we make progress and advances using thoughtful science to understand humans and hopefully support their experiences. Even if those bigger questions are never fully answered, beatboxing has helped shape both the culture of hip-hop as well as music around the world. It's evolved into an art form that can't be contained into a single genre. It's something that, for me, it's a daily part of my life. Whether I'm performing or not, I always beatbox. It's something that it just helps me with stress. It helps me just feel good. It's just it's something that's inspiring for me. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team that makes advertising, trailers, documentaries, games, and all kinds of stuff sound incredible. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Rob Sachs and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was edited, sound designed, and mixed by Jai Berger. Thanks to our guest, Baba Israel. Baba conducts a workshop throughout the year teaching people how to beatbox. To find out more about Baba's workshops and to listen to his music, check out his website, babaisrael.com. Thanks also to Shri Narayanan. Shri runs the SPAN team at the University of Southern California. And you should really check out the MRI videos they've made of beatboxers. You can find a link to that in the show description. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Be sure to check them out at musicbed.com. Finally, you can engage with me and the rest of the 20K team through our website, Facebook, Twitter, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>